From the Emerald Podcast Network, this is ASUONU, the podcast where we explain your student government. I'm Ryan Wynn, the podcast editor for The Daily Emerald, and this week we're going to be talking about the Senate. And with me, I have... Hi, everyone. My name is Monse Mendes. I use she, her, her pronouns, and I am the Senate president this year. So, Monse, I was just wondering if you could explain to us what exactly does the Senate do in the first place? Yes. So, as some of you listeners may have realized by now, the ASUO is a very complex system and the Senate is only one one piece of it. The Senate specifically is the policymaking and funding body for the student government, your student government. We meet every Wednesday and most of our business then consists of transfers within student groups budget and the allocation of money from surplus. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, yeah. You said allocation of surplus. You said a lot of terms there. Yes, yes. I was wondering if you could maybe explain it a little bit more simply. Yeah, I guess it's just difficult to explain it in a simple way, but uh, we are the elected officials. Um, the student body elects us to represent them in the decisions that we make about the IFE. That's like the most simple way that I can explain it, really. <laughs> so how is the Senate structured exactly? Yeah, okay, so the Senate consists of 23 senators and they're elected to represent either an academic constituency, so that means different majors, for example, say you have your history representative and you have someone representing the sciences, so on and so forth, and those who are not representing academic areas of the school serve a financial role. All of the positions are elected yearly to serve either one year or two year terms. Sorry to interrupt, but what do you mean when you say that some senators serve a financial role? What is that? Mm-hmm. What do they do exactly? Yeah, so within the Senate, I, I almost want to explain it through explaining the IFE first, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Could you explain briefly what the IFE is for some of our listeners who maybe haven't heard of it yet or don't know what it is? Yes. So the IFE is a student fee that was established a few years ago by students who wanted to be able to have autonomy over where some of our money money was going towards student programs and organizations. Um, so they established it through the Clark document, which is, um, you can find it on our website if you're interested, kind of, and we also have like more documents on the history of the IFE. But basically where it stands right now is that it's $250 per student per term. So out of the tuition that we pay, we know exactly where 250 per term is going. Sorry to interrupt. So every single student at the U of O pays this fee. Yes, exactly. Which is why we should all be informed and we should all care about where this money is going because each one of us contributes to this fund. The fund, it adds up to $16 million. So every single student at the U of O, uh, you are contributing to the IFE fund. And a lot of the great Uh, student services and clubs that you see on campus are funded through that. And we'll get a little bit more into that later. But to talk about the finance committees again and the role of the finance senators. So those 16, uh, to be exact, this year, it's 16646265 dollars And those are split into the finance committees, which budget for organizations every year for the next year. 
Um, and it breaks down differently. So, for example, I'll, I'll talk about the different finance committees real quick, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Within the Senate body, we have different like representatives from each finance committee. So the first committee would be the Programs Finance Committee. And the Programs Finance Committee is a separate entity from the Senate, but it's a part of the budget. So if you were to look at it as a structure, hierarchical structure, it would be Senate at the top, and then underneath it would be the four finance committees. So PFC, Programs Finance Committee, EMU, which is our EMU uh, Urban Memorial Union building, and ACFC, the Athletics Contracts and Finance Committee, and DFC. So in PFC, you have nine total members. And out of those nine, three of those members also sit in Senate. Mm -hmm. And in the EMU, you have 12 total members. Three of those members sit on the Senate. On ACFC, we have seven members, two of which sit on Senate. And on DFC, you have seven total members, two of which sit on Senate. So what about those other members of those finance committees that aren't on Senate, mm-hmm. what are they a part of? Yeah, exactly. So so PFC, the nine members that meet together to make decisions about the program's finance committee, they make decisions about over 220 student organizations. Some of those organizations include anywhere from the Japanese Students Association, Mind the Gap, Green Business Club, and University Film Organization. So those are some of the clubs that are completely student-run those would fall under the program's finance committee, like student-run and student-initiated. For the EMU members, the 12 members who sit on it, um, they make decisions about funds, again, from the IFE, but also about allocation of space. So it's a little bit different from the other finance committees in that it has a bit more decision-making to do, and it splits into two, actually, within the EMU. You have the House Committee and the budget one. And the budget one is the one that makes decisions about the money. So some some of the programs that would fall in their EMU would be club sports, KWVA, Moss Street, scheduling and event services, a lot of the things that you were you would see in the EMU. And we also pay for the building, basically, the operations of the building, which is why the EMU takes up the biggest part of that $16 million. It takes $6 million approximately out of that. Uh, when we're talking about ACFC, that's there's seven members in that, and those members meet to discuss matters about the athletics program. So, for example, students being able to at- attend uh, football games for free. Technically, I'm very hesitant about the word free because it comes from your student fees, and therefore ACFC works with the athletics program on that, and as well as the lane transit district services, so our IDs to get on the bus, the Daily Emerald. To, for us to be able to have this show, sexual assault support services, so on and so forth. Those are just some examples. And then in DFC, the seven members, um, what they allocate towards are different departments, such as Zero Waste, LGBTQIA Education and Support, Mills International Center, uh, etc. And then the rest of the senators who do not sit on these committees are academic chairs, right? Like we were saying earlier, they represent their major. We also have two graduate seats and one first-year representative who is a non-voting member. Also, I do want to say that though Emerald Media Group is funded by ASUO, that ASUO does not have any editorial control over Emerald Media Group, which also includes Ethos and the Daily Emerald. Mm-hmm. But I do also want to ask Monse, mm-hmm. what senator are you? Are you an academic senator? Are you a financial senator? I'm a finance senator. I sit on the EMU board, 
And on the EMU board, my role is actually budget chair. So within the budget committee, I lead I lead those officers that, that deal with budget matters for the EMU. Could you tell us a little bit about what it's like to work on the EMU board, just so that we can get a little bit of an inside look as to what are like the daily going ons of these committees and all, you know? It really kind of depends on the season. So right now we are starting up budget season, which is when we uh, start meeting to discuss how we're going to allocate the money that we have for that year. So, for example, we had a full EMU board meeting on Monday and we basically just started talking about some goals that we have for the year kind of how we want to get it going. And since we have a lot of new members, we started training them as well. And tonight we have our first budget meeting. And what I would like to see us get done is assign our tags, what we call our tags. Basically, what that means is just the departments that we're going to be directly working with individually. So for example, last year, I was the tag for club sports and for scheduling and event services. What this means is that I met with Ben Prawl, who's the director of the club sports. Um, I guess you would call it program maybe not sure um and then with scheduling and events i worked with uh rick and they basically i i would go in there and they would show me the budget that they had for that year the requests that they wanted and sometimes they are looking for increases in their budget right because every program wants to grow every program wants to be able to do more great things for their students and so it's only natural that they would ask for an increase in their budget you know However, because we in ASCO have to look at the big picture and look at all the different organizations that need more money, uh, we have to work together, the finance committees, you know, but also separately so that we can focus on the organizations that we represent and try to do the best we can to to be fair and to to help these organizations to, to thrive. That also sounds like it can be a little bit difficult having to say no to a student group that's requesting money mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're aware of some other things that are going on with the budget and that mm-hmm. you have to look at the bigger picture, as you said. Mm-hmm. It, it is a very difficult <laughs> job in some ways because we're having to make decisions about funding for different programs. And just as an example, uh, the EMU uh, stipended positions, we have positions within for student leaders within the EMU that receive stipends, right? And what stipends are, for those listeners who aren't aware, are basically I would describe it more kind of like a scholarship because it's not a wage it's not an hourly wage it's just maybe ranging between a hundred dollars per term some are monthly some are about 500 per term uh, or per month it really depends on the position in the program and just as an example of the disparities that happen sometimes within budgets I was looking at our stipended positions for the EMU and KWVA has the lowest stipend with, I think it's about 100 a term. And then we have some organizations um, that receive about 500 a term. And so when, you, you know, me as budget chair, I sit there, I look at that and I say, that's not okay. I want to make sure that all students are being treated fairly and equally. However, there are other things happening and there are certain mandated expenses, for example, personnel personnel within the EMU. We pay for even the professional staff within the EMU. And some of those are union contracted positions that have to receive certain increases every year. And a lot of the times, or or certain services such as the light of the building and the heat. And so sometimes we have to put money towards those things. And that makes for there to be less money for other things. And that's why we haven't, one of the many reasons we haven't gotten around to fixing that specific stipend issue. 
That sounds like one giant balancing act. Yeah, it really, it really is. And of course, it gets more complicated when when you have a variety of people that have different opinions on what is right and what how we can best represent the students and how we can best serve them. Yeah, that sounds like it could be really difficult navigating what to do with all that money with. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and. Another thing that's difficult is that so last year I only sat on EMU board and Senate, but I was not Senate president. I'm Senate president this year. And with that position comes even more responsibility and a bit more pressure because now I oversee the other finance chairs. So for ACFC, for DFC and PFC, basically for all the finance committees, I am going to be overseeing their budgets. And so I'm going to have to be going over things with them and doing that balancing act that I'm doing within the EMU budget to make sure that, hey, let's make sure that we are being fair to people within the EMU budget. So like club sports stipended positions and KWVA stipend positions. But also I've got the biggest picture now because I get to hear from, say, PFC, what kinds of disparities are going on within their groups. All these student groups have different missions and different kinds of things they want to do, and all of our finance committees operate differently, and so it's hard to hold everyone to the same standards, and that makes the balancing act even more difficult. So I think that segues nicely into what I want to talk about next with you mentioning the people who are on Senate and all the different kinds of people that are on Senate. Mm-hmm. How are senators elected exactly? I, From my understanding, a lot of the new senators this year were elected last year when Ducks Together won in a landslide. Could you talk a little bit more about how that process works? Just briefly would be fine. Yeah, um, I have only been in one campaign. So my my freshman year, I was first year representative and that position is appointed. So you would go through an application and interview process and then the uh, chief of staff and other hiring members would decide on who who is appointed to that position. And that's just Um, for the first year representative. That's for first year representative, but that also would apply to any vacancies within the positions, correct? So uh, okay, I'll talk. Let me talk about elections real quick. So to get elected, um, you would sign up with a slate of other people that are running and have like a certain mission that they want to accomplish together. And a slate is kind of like a political party, except these don't carry on every year. Yeah, exactly. Each different uh, they create new new slates uh, with different names, different missions, um, and different goals for what they want ASCO to get done specifically as a slate and so my second year I ran with a slate what was it called I think it was UO for you I'm pretty sure yes and that year was kind of weird because we didn't have an opposing slate so it felt like an election that just didn't have much competition but we did have some pretty clear goals um it was about tuition affordability and transparency And that year, I won a position for a two-year seat. So this is my second year of that term. And I believe that this past election last year, we had had two slates running up against each other. And... Sorry to interrupt you, actually. But when you said your sophomore year, that was last year, right? Um... Well, I meant... Actually, it was the spring of my freshman year because elections happen in the spring. 
So what year was that exactly? Was that would that be twenty sixteen? Um, it's been so long. I wow. believe so. Yes. T- time has really flown by, huh? Yeah, I have dedicated my soul to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, that's how elections work. But uh, this past year, when the Ducks Together campaign ran, they didn't fill their entire slate. So the slate consists of the president, the two VPs. And all of the senators, senators running together. And the rest of the positions within exec are appointed later on. And within the Senate, the positions, they had a couple that they couldn't find anyone that they wanted on their slate to fill those positions. So they ran and those positions were left empty. And so this year we have been working on filling those vacancies through the interview and appointment process. And at last night's Senate meeting, some of those seats were filled. Yes. Do you want to briefly go over that a little bit? Um, yes. Yeah, so last night we approved Senate seat 23, which is Kimberly Coops. That is a graduate seat. And this is the first time in a long time, at least in the two years I've been here, that we've had both graduate seats filled. So aside from managing a lot of the daily going-ons of the budget, Mm-hmm. The Senate also confirms the appointments of the executive branch and the judicial branch, correct? Yes, exactly. And when we appoint those, they show up to our meeting and they talk a little bit about themselves. We look at their resume and we just make some questions to make sure that they are fit for their position and that they're going to really care and represent students as well as they can. We make some, we'll make we'll make some questions or, or speak for them, for anyone that has worked with them in the past Um and then we take a vote and we either approve or deny. I don't think we've ever denied anyone in the time that I've been here, but I think that there has been some members that have had more heavy questioning than others. So we've kind of mentioned this briefly when mm-hmm. talking about managing the budget, but I don't think we've talked about it quite enough yet. I mm-hmm. was wondering if you could explain what exactly the surplus is mm-hmm. and how the Senate manages it. Yeah, definitely. So, again, the IFE, 250 per student per term, adds up to $16 million. And how that breaks down into the other finance committees is $4 million goes towards the Athletics and Contracts Finance Committee. $2 million goes to the Department's Finance Committee. And $6 million for AMU, $1 million for PFC, Programs Finance Committee. And this is just an estimate, of course. Like, that's the money that we allocate yearly to those departments and then within those departments if you zoom in a little more that breaks down differently towards each group that falls under each category and whatever money is left after that budgeting process if we have extra money is what we call surplus and surplus is a fund of money that we use to allocate for what we call special requests what a special request would be um, would be a student group that requires funding beyond what they were allocated So for example, if let's say a group has a budget of 500 for the school year and they want to bring bring in some big speaker to talk about their cause and that speaker wants to charge them $20,000, they don't have that within their budget. So they would need to fill in a form online on on the program we call OrgSync, good times, and they get that turned in and that gets approved by controllers Uh, finance controllers within the ASCO office. And if the request is over $1,000, they have to meet with a senator. Why? Because that way they can go over with that senator 
maybe ways of uh, fine-tuning the budget so that um, it can be decreased here or there, maybe help with fundraising and finding alternative means just so that we can take into consideration that, you know, there's so many great events we want to fund. There's so many great organizations on this campus, but we do not have enough money to fund every single thing. So we have to be very conscious of that and try to help them as much as we can. That way we fine-tune with them their request, and by the time they show up to Senate, um, and explain it, we have at least one person that has an idea of what the request is about and can uh, speak for them at the Senate hearing. And um, and then from then, there will probably be some debate uh, among senators about whether to approve the request or not and go from there. For senators, that sounds like a lot of management and dealing with not only money, but also people. <laughs> is that... <laughs> an accurate way to yes. describe the role yeah. of a senator? You know, I used to be really, really scared of being, of running for budget chair my sophomore year when I I had someone suggest to me, you know, like, like you've gotten so into this and you have so much knowledge, like you should be budget chair. And I was so scared because I was like, that's so many numbers. And I, I feel like that sounds intimidating. But I think what I've realized after being on ISO for a while now is that it actually is much more about people than it is about the numbers. Because when you're talking about money, of course matters are gonna get political. And so there's a lot of internal politics going on and there's a lot of different agendas and interests that people have. And yeah, just managing that many student groups and then communication amongst ourselves, them. And then when you bring in the executive branch and Concord, there's just a lot of communication. So I think that this job takes mostly communication skills. So I was also wondering if you could talk a little bit more about how, besides confirming appointments, how does Senate work with the executive and the judicial branches? Yeah, so again, I think what's really important is to keep open communication amongst all branches because in order to get the most done, we've got to work together, right? Even though we have different responsibilities, different duties and different commitments, at the end of the day, we just we just have to work together to get things done. And um, one of the ways that we do that is that the internal vice president sits on both the executive meetings and on the Senate meetings. They're a non-voting member in the Senate, but they help us to stay updated on what executive is doing and to update them as well on what we are doing. And also, from my understanding, they act as a sort of tiebreaker when there is a tie that needs to be broken in Senate? Yes, exactly. And it has only happened, I believe, twice in the two years I've been here. Yeah. And basically, the executive side, they can veto any of Senate's decisions, right? So for example, I'm thinking last year about a group called Global Health, I believe, who wanted to bring in a speaker and have this big conference. Actually, there were multiple speakers, and it was a big conference they were wanting to host. And it was about $60,000, I believe, which surplus which was much larger at the time. So, um, About how big a surplus? Just to get some sort of context. Yeah. Like, or you don't have to have an exact number, of course, but like somewhere like, is it tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, just so our listeners are aware? Yeah, I would say it's usually been a few hundred thousand. I honestly don't have a number for what it was last year. Yeah, the executive. Oh, so basically what I was trying to say is that that 60,000 that we approved last year for that group was vetoed by president then Amy Schenk. And she had her reasoning for vetoing that. And she sent out a big email about it. And that was last academic year. So like 2016-17? Yeah, exactly. And the president of the executive side can veto our decisions at 
any moment. And also during budget season when we have to approve the overall budget for the following fiscal year. Um, and then another way we interact with the other branches is that we can grievance members through oh. Concord. Yeah, so if there are certain members who are not fulfilling their duties and it gets to a place where we need to file, like I would call it maybe file a complaint, but the official word would be grievance. So we could grievance them through Concord and Concord would make a decision about that. But that's one way we would interact with them. Another thing is that we have bylaws that we... And Concord is the ASUO's judicial branch, yeah? Yes, exactly. We have three branches. Um, so Concord, they approve our bylaws. And for those listeners who don't know, our bylaws are basically just rules that we hold ourselves to certain standards, right? So it's a very long document and it outlines a lot of our responsibilities and duties for each role so that we can, and a lot about the structure and a lot about the way that we operate as a body. And it's really important for us to go over them every year and we do so, so that we can make sure they're up to date and that they're relevant, right? Because sometimes based on the knowledge that we have about certain things, we change certain bylaws. For example, there is a bylaw right now that we're looking over because the language in it is very it's kind of unclear, it's kind of vague around our responsibility to be a part of certain university committees. Um, for example, the Transportation and Parking Committee, the Environmental Issues, the Gender and Sex Violence Committee. Um, those are committees that, as per bylaws right now, it says that we should sit on two committees if we're academic chairs, one if we're a finance chair, but it only uses the word committee and it doesn't explain what qualifies as a committee. So we have finance senators saying, well, hey, if I'm on EMU board, doesn't that count as a committee? So then I shouldn't have to go to um, an additional committee. So because the language is very loose, we're going to fine tune it and then turn it into Concord. And then it would be up to them to approve it or deny it. And Concord is usually made up of mostly law students. So they're really qualified. They really know what they're doing. Also, on a side note about just how we communicate with exec, I am texting people within exec all the time just to make sure that they're up to date on what we're doing and we're up to date on what they're doing. And it's really important for all of us to like work together, especially right now that's the beginning of the year and we're just now starting to strategize around how we're going to carry out the fiscal year, not only for budget season, but other goals that we have. All right. Well, we're nearing the end of our time, unfortunately, for today. But I was just wondering, Monte. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before yeah. we wrap things up? Yeah, so earlier you asked what exactly I do on Senate and in what position I have. And I mentioned that I am on the EMU board and that I'm budget chair for that. However, I failed to mention that um, with the role of Senate president, there's also other additional responsibilities I have. I think I might have gone into them a little bit with the whole you know, overseeing the finance committees, but I do set up the agenda for every week. I notify University Senate of which people are going to be representing us on the overall school's University Senate. And there's a very long list of other responsibilities I have, but I would say that my day-to-day looks more like being in the ASUO office a lot, sending a lot of emails, making a lot of phone calls, and just keeping open communication with many student groups and many different officers within the ASU, as well as, well, I try to get um, 
the public informed as much as I can so we can bridge that gap of knowledge, which is why I'm really, really excited about this podcast and hoping that more people can be a part of what we're doing and know that um, students have power and that our, our IFE is power. Well, thank you for being here, Monse. <laughs> I really appreciate the time that you took to come here and everything. And and that's been this episode of ASUO News. Thank you for listening. Thank you. That was our third episode of ASUO News. Today, we talked about the ASUO Senate, and I'm Ryan Wynn, the podcast editor for the Daily Emerald and a former ASUO reporter. If you have a burning question about ASUO that you simply need to have answered, leave us a comment on SoundCloud or email news at dailyemerald.com. That's N-E-W-S at dailyemerald.com. To hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and you can even listen to these episodes and more right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thank you for listening. From now on, we'll be airing ASUO and you every Monday. Catch us next week.